0: He said that it was very much like a snake. Uh, if you go and grab the snake at the tail, and you uh, you 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 lift you you hold it, and you you touch it, and you think it's safe, then uh, you know this is the same as if you think that by uh, only having happiness, uh, then you won't have to experience any forms of suffering. But what happens is if you grab the The tail of a snake is that its head comes around and bites you and causes you immense suffering. And so the head and the tail are one of the same body. They're of the same snake. And so this is the same as if you attach to feelings of happiness, then the the suffering will eventually come and bite you. So we have to begin to know these uh, feelings of happiness and these feelings of suffering. And so when uh, we have feelings of happiness arise in our life, then we have to uh, have mindfulness and awareness uh, arise alongside with it. Uh, So if what we have to realize is that if we begin to attach to these feelings of happiness, uh, then this will lead uh, to be the cause for our suffering in the future. And so all of us uh, don't want to experience uh, suffering and unhappiness. We only want to have happiness. And so what this means is that we need to all have mindfulness uh, when there are feelings of happiness arising, then just have mindfulness and realize that these are of the nature to arise, uh, stay a while and pass away. And just the same as feelings of uh, suffering or unhappiness, these also are of the nature to arise, stay a while and pass away. And so in this way, if we can bring up this understanding, then this is how we develop wisdom uh, in our minds. And this is how we begin to be equanimous uh, to both uh, happiness and suffering. So we have to realize uh, that the mind is, is like this. And so uh, when we realize what we have to do in the practice, uh, then we have to begin to develop uh, mindfulness within our lives. And so all of you coming here to practice chanting, uh, this is a form of developing mindfulness. Uh, So when you're chanting, you uh, try your best to keep your mind with the chanting, uh, and this is a, a way you develop mindfulness. And so when you practice meditation, Uh, the development of mind, then when you sit meditation, you can uh, watch over your breath, you know, watching the in breath, the out breath. Uh, You can uh, watch the meditation word, butto, along with the breath. And so by doing this, by practicing in this way, then uh, you'd be able to develop mindfulness and uh, clear comprehension. Uh, of what is happening uh, within the mind. And this will increase the the strength of the mind. And so uh, once the mind has much more strength, then you'll be able to see it uh, more clearly. You'll be able to see uh, the thoughts that arise within the mind. You know, sometimes there's good thoughts and sometimes there's bad thoughts. Uh, for the... You know, good thoughts. You try to keep that within the mind. You know, these are wholesome. Uh, these are good. They make you happy. And for those bad thoughts that arise within the mind, you try to uh, relinquish them. You know, you try to to put them down. So I want to ask all of you: uh, When you've got something that, y- when you've received something that you you like or that uh, you place a lot of value on, does it give you a lot of happiness? Uh, who wants to answer? Yes, Arjun. Very happy when you see something very we like. <laughs> so, uh, imagine that if you receive something very valuable, for instance, a very uh, expensive car. Maybe you bought you just bought a very expensive car, something that you considered uh, very. Uh, very very beautiful, you know, it's very expensive. You can compare it to maybe, I don't know, five million Singapore dollars? Five million Singapore dollars. Five million. Somewhat. Just imagine, imagine it was that that much. <laughs> and what happened if uh, you know, would that give you happiness or not? But then imagine if someone, you know, took a key uh, to your car and just uh you know, put a big scratch along the side of your car or maybe dented the car, you know, how would you feel then? So who wants to answer? If we want to uh, have a stable, you know, overseas conversation in this way, uh, you know, and, but if things don't work out, then we can see the true nature of impermanence showing itself right now. For instance, if we, if we have, uh, you know, a very expensive car, we have to be able to see it as uh, something that uh, doesn't always uh, stay the same, doesn't always last, it's constantly changing. Uh, the Venerable Ajahn Chah, uh, he'd bring up this example. He'd say, look, if you get something very expensive, such as a car, you know, then you have to think to yourself that this is something that's not sure, that's something that's impermanent this will one day uh, break down or break apart. Uh, it's the same with uh, precious glass. Uh, you have to be able to see that this glass is already broken uh, before it really breaks. And so if you can contemplate uh, and understand things in this way, you can see that the car uh, is really something that is changing, something that will uh, break apart uh, in the future, Then. Uh, when it really does happen, then there'll be no suffering within the mind. Uh, has everyone here experienced suffering before? Uh, because things have uh, changed. Has anyone experienced these feelings before? Uh, raise your hands. And so in this way, you can begin to see the Dhamma. Uh, you know, you can you know, think about you know, when you're driving, you know this this car. This you call it very something very beautiful, uh, something you you find very precious. Uh, you know, you have to keep telling yourself that this car isn't a sure thing. You know, this won't last. Uh, but still, when you're driving your car, you have to drive it very safely. You know, you have to use it in a very safe manner. And so, you know, each day uh, we have to think to ourselves. Uh, that the things around us are not sure, are something that's uncertain. And so if we can begin to teach ourselves this way uh, every day, then uh, one day we'll really begin to understand and we really begin to to see this clearly. And when we can see this uh, in that moment, then we'll be able to see the Dhamma uh, if we see things as not sure then there will be no causes for suffering to arise within our mind and so even if there is uh, unhappiness or suffering arising within the mind uh, they won't stay for very long uh, because you know we'll have wisdom there uh, to be able to to reduce it and and get ar- and get over them and so in the practice we have to begin to see uh, this arising and passing away, uh, we have to look at all things around us and see that they're of the nature to arise, uh, stay a while and pass away. And if we keep contemplating this way, then uh, this is a, a way that we can be able to see the Dhamma in a way that's not very difficult. Uh, you know, we just have to start to contemplate uh, these truths all the time. Uh, you know, we can look at these feelings uh, of happiness arising. You know, the feelings of happiness that have re- arisen in the past. You know, where, the, where have they gone now? Are they still there? You know, where, where are they? Or these feelings of, of suffering uh, that you've had in the past. You know, where are they now? You know, are they still there? You know, this is the, the truth of arising and passing away uh, right here. And so we have to begin to understand these truths. Uh, if we're able to understand this way, then uh, we can slowly begin to let go of uh, these uh, objects uh, that enter the mind and cause it suffering. You know, we'd be able to see that uh, the mind is is one thing, and the objects of the mind are something else. Uh, it's something that is like uh, water and oil. You know, they're not one thing. You know, they're something that's separate. And if we can see in this way, then this is how we'll be, uh, have wisdom arise in our minds. And so we have to begin to train in this way. Uh, when we keep training in this way, then our wisdom will slowly uh, increase, will slowly get better. Uh, you know, the mind would be able to see these feelings of, of suffering and of happiness um, arising and be able to know it in time. Uh, we, we, when we have uh, moods and feelings of liking or disliking, uh, then the mind uh, that has wisdom will be able to see these things. Oh, this is something that's not sure. This is something uh, that won't last. And in this way, uh, the mind won't attach to it. Uh, and so we begin to train by developing uh, mindfulness uh, in our daily <laughs> lives. <coughs> And so in conclusion, uh, you know, we have to get to understand these feelings of happiness and suffering. Uh, it's just like the example I talked about before, the example of uh, the, the head, oh sorry, the tail of the snake uh, being uh, like happiness or feelings of happiness. And uh, if we attach to them, then uh, the head of the snake, uh, which is a suffering, will come around and bite us And so, you know, this is something that we have to be very careful of. Uh, All these possessions that we have, uh, you know, whether it be, you know, cars, house, uh, you know, jewelry, items that we we love and like, uh, all these can be causes for suffering to arise within the mind. And so we need to have enough wisdom uh, while we're using and having these possessions. Uh, So, so each day uh, try to develop uh, feelings of, of love and kindness for, for yourself and for others. Uh, this is so that uh, when you have feelings of dislike for other people, uh, feelings uh, you know, of hate or anger, uh, then they'll slowly subside, they'll slowly uh, pass away. And so each day we have to keep uh, practicing in this way and slowly our mind uh, will gain strength uh, and slowly improve. And this will lead us to being able to see the Dhamma one day. So there's one uh, example of uh, when the Venerable Ajahn Chah went to England. uh, There was one uh, very skilled painter and he wanted to paint a picture of of the Venerable Ajahn Chah. And he put in all his effort uh, and really tried to make a very beautiful painting of uh, Ajahn Chah. And so after he had finished painting uh, Ajahn Chah, he gave this painting as an offering uh, to to the Venerable Ajahn Chah. And uh, the, the Ajahn Chah, he looked at the, the photo, uh, sorry, he looked at the painting and he uh, he said to the painter, "He said, you know, if someone got a big knife and put a hole uh, right through this painting, you know, how would you feel? Would this cause you suffering?" And then that painter, he knew that, oh, uh, you know, whenever I attach to to things or uh, give a lot of value to things, then this is going to cause me a lot of unhappiness and suffering. So really. Uh, Ajahn Chah, he could have said, uh, you know, this is a very beautiful painting. Uh, You know, he he could have said this is something that made him very happy. But instead, he took this opportunity to teach uh, this painter about Dhamma, about the truth. Is uh, knowing and understanding with wisdom are two different things. How to raise our wisdom with understanding So the way to increase your wisdom with understanding uh, is when you receive, you know, something or you get something uh, that you like, you know, think to yourself, oh, this is something that's not sure, this is something that's impermanent, it won't last. Uh, If you get something that you dislike, you know, you have to tell yourself again, you know, this is something that's not sure, this is something that's impermanent and won't last as well. Uh, Whatever thoughts uh, arise within the mind, whether they're good or bad thoughts, you have to think to yourself, you know, this is not sure, this is something that's impermanent and won't last. Uh, When there's people that you love a lot, uh, you know, they're also something that's not sure, there's something that's, uh, you know, not permanent. Uh, Or if you dislike or hate uh, a person, a certain person, you know, these feelings of hate or that person even is something that's not sure, something that's uh, impermanent, it won't last. Have you ever had something that you you like and uh, love a lot? Is it something that's certain? Uh, you know, ha- has your feelings towards uh, these things that you like and love ever changed? Is it, a sur- is it a sure thing? Have you ever had that? No. How should? lay person practice in this uh, challenging uh, work life in order to end, uh, attain sotapanna this lifetime. So, this attaining to sotapanna or stream entry, uh, this is uh, the same as being able to see the dhamma. Uh, this is the same as being able to see and understand the truth. Uh, a sotonapana can see that uh this body or this physical phenomena is something that's not permanent uh these uh, objects of the mind uh for instance the thoughts uh they there's something as well that's not uh permanent and so a sotonapana will be able to clearly see uh this physical and mental phenomena uh as something that's that's impermanent uh see it as something that's Suffering in something that they can't really call uh, a self, uh, me or mine. Uh, This is what we call being able to see the Dhamma. And so, to be able to get to this point, uh, one needs to develop a lot of wisdom. Uh, To develop wisdom, one needs to have a firm foundation in concentration. And uh, to develop this concentration, one needs to have. a strong basis in morality, and for one to practice and to develop this morality, one needs uh, to start with uh, faith in the practice. And so, each day we have to begin by developing mindfulness uh, throughout the day. Uh, if we can practice in this way, then uh, you know we're very close to nibbana. Uh, we have to; we just have to keep. Putting forth effort into the practice, and uh, if we keep doing this uh, without stopping, then one day we'll be able to see the Dhamma. Uh, just by you sitting here, this is uh, this is Dhamma already. Uh, this is because the Dhamma is something that's always here. It's always it's always here. It's always there. It's uh, if we can understand uh, this clearly, then we call this being able to see the Dhamma. Uh, this body and mind right here, if we're able to see it in terms of uh, impermanence, suffering and not self, uh, then we'll be able to see the Dhamma. And re- in reality, this uh, impermanent suffering and not self is, is, is always there. And it's just that we're not yet able to see it clearly and understand it. if we're able to see this self as, as really not self, uh, this is enough. To be able to see the Dhamma. So if we ask uh, ourselves or uh, parts of the body, we ask our hair on the head, you know, are you really mine? Is this is this really uh, mine? Or we ask uh, the bones in our body, the the arm uh, or our teeth. Uh, we ask them, are you really mine? You know, can I call you a self? Can't. You know, how how will they answer? You can go around uh, around you. Your body uh, mentally asking yourself, uh, you know, is is this part of the body? These 32 parts of my body, uh, you know, are you uh, a self? Can I call you mine? Uh, is there any answer yet that you hear? Uh, so when you ask your parts of the body in this way, are you really mine? Then uh, you'll see that there's there's no answer coming from it. Uh, but really, the the mind or the heart. Uh, has attachment to all these parts of the body and calls it me, mine, and a self. Uh, and so, in reality, uh, you know, it's just about changing your view to see things in terms of dhamma, to see things correctly. And this is what we call being able to see the dhamma. And so, we'll see that you know, if we have attachment uh, to these to this body, uh, then this becomes a cause for our suffering if we can uh, slowly get to understand uh, this truth, then uh, this, this is leading us to see the Dhamma. And this is something that's uh, not difficult. It just takes a, a change of our views. Uh, but being said, you know it's also not something that's easy. Uh, it requires uh, a high level of, of mindfulness and wisdom to be able to, to change your views and to be able to see the Dhamma. Okay. I'm talking about the stress um, challenges in practicing the Dharma, um, laymen like us in this modern society face a lot of uh, challenges, and some people even suffer from mental distress, mental problems like depression, anxiety, a lot of uh, disorder, mental disorder. So. Okay, because of that, uh, some of these people, they would look forward to a religion uh, for which there is a god or supreme being to worship in order to gain security and ease the mental distress stage of mind. So, But of course, there are such people that are free thinkers. So For these three thinkers, if they turn to Buddhism, how can Buddhism help such people? Uh, For these people, there's no need to talk about uh, religion to them. Uh, All you need to explain to them is that uh, when the mind uh, has attachment uh, to to things around them or to themselves, uh, this is a cause for suffering to arise in the mind. And so by letting these attachments go, uh, they can slowly make the mind more empty, more at ease. Uh, And so just talk about this uh, letting go of attachments and making the mind more free, uh, more empty. Uh, And in this way, there's no need to talk about religion at all. Uh, so you can explain to them, you know, for instance, if you hold this uh, flask or something that's, uh, that weighs maybe five kilograms, if you keep holding onto it all the time, you keep lifting it, uh, you know, and not putting it down, you know, is it going to be heavy? Uh, you know, you try to keep holding it all the time. Uh, and for those who don't want to have suffering, uh, then just put it down. Put this uh, thing that is heavy, you know, put it down. And in this way, once you put it down, it's not heavy anymore. It doesn't cause you suffering anymore. And so if we explain to people in this way, uh, there's no need to, to talk about any religions. Uh, all it is is about putting things down, uh, and this will give you happiness. Do you understand? You uh, understand? Yes, so when you have these feelings of uh, tiredness arise, you know you have to also have mindfulness there as well. Like think to yourself, uh, you know, why are these feelings of tiredness arising? And it's because I have this body. Uh, I have to work, you know, certain hours every day to uh, to maintain and sustain this body. Uh, and this causes me a certain amount of suffering. And so try to recollect uh, you know, this body and these feelings of tiredness in this way. So he's very happy to see all of you come today uh, and be able to give you a few Dhamma teachings. Uh, listening to the Dhamma is something that's one of the highest blessings for your lives uh, and so, very happy to see uh, that your your interest and you coming here today. Uh, someone asked uh, the question to me. Uh, you know, if you say that becoming a sodopana or you know stream enterer uh, is so easy, how come there's so few in this world? Uh, you know, and he he answered that. Uh, you know, it's it's. It's just not yet the time, you know, you just have to keep practicing. Uh, but when it gets to that time, then it becomes something that's very easy. So if it's one hour from your home, uh, you're catching the MRT, you can use that one hour of your time to, to do some meditation, just to keep watching the breath in and out. Uh, that's your, your time for practice. <laughs>